Welcome to the Flaps Podcast. Wimbledon, Glastonbury, Royal Ascot, the Henley Regatta. <clears throat> All cornerstones of a great British summer. But you missed the LAA rally. Not this year, we didn't, Mark. We were there. We flew in in Golf Alpha Victor Bravo Golf. Hey? Yes, Golf Alpha Victor Bravo Golf, our trusty Piper Cherokee 180. Yeah, I know what plane we flew in there in Elliot, but no one's interested. Yes, they are, Mark. Didn't you see all those plane spotters? So? Well, there might have been one of them who actually missed the reg on one of your 17 go-arounds. Well, it was busy. I didn't see you flying there. Well, that's, I can't. I've lapsed. In fact, I was so scared, I nearly prolapsed. <laughs> Anyway, we got in and out in one piece, that's all that counts, and we're here to tell the story. And what a story it is. In the next half hour, you'll hear this. This. They call it the Italian goat. A goat is an ultralight glider. And this. If, if you tried that in reality, you'd die. And there's a minute with Pablo Mason too. Wow. Blimey. Goodness. All coming up in September's Flaps. Pro Flaps. I'm with Graham Newby. He's the, well, for about another 12 hours, the uh, acting CEO of the LAA. So this is uh, this is your last interview then, Graham? It probably is, yeah, that's right, yes. What a way to go out on Flaps Podcast. Uh, well, wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you for talking to us. And, and uh, another great show. You must be really pleased with, certainly with the weather. Well, I think the weather makes everything, of course. You know, there's so much effort goes into making this event that can be sort of shot down completely if the weather's bad but having a nice day it's wonderful it seems to get bigger every year we've been a few times and it does seem to get bigger every year um we're gradually increasing it yes very very slowly i mean as you know in the in the old days it was much much bigger but it got to the point where we were starting to lose money so we we stopped having it and then we started again on a very low almost on a shoestring and uh, and it's gradually creeping up and it i think it will stay probably about this level what have uh, your highlights been this, this year? Some of the aircraft that have flown in, obviously. Uh, mystery ship, having that here has been wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, the aircraft, got to be the aircraft. The, the whole sort of area of, of you know, light aviation seems to be on a, on a bit of a, a, a sort of charge at the moment, doesn't it? I think it's, I suppose, down to money, isn't it? It's always down to money. I think the other thing is that with the advent of IASA, the CAA are looking not to offload more aircraft but because of rules and regulations they're having to offload some of the aircraft and and we're the automatic home for them so the numbers and types of aircraft that we deal with are going up and up and up uh, the, the downside of that is that we're becoming more and more of a regulator so we've got this dichotomy between an association and trying to help people fly and and being um, keeping as affordable as possible compared to the the other side of the coin where we have to be not more draconian but we have to um, spend more and more time with the regulatory side of the world. But there certainly seems, just, just wandering around the show, there certainly seem to be plenty of ways to get involved now with flying fairly cheaply. I was looking at the, the motor glider in the next tent, for, mm -hmm. which is you can build in three weeks for, yeah. for about eight grand. Supposedly, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then you've got the single-seat de deregulated category, which the CAA announced yesterday. Um, that's going to be interesting. I'm not quite sure what advantages, oh, I know what advantages there are, but I'm not quite sure what manufacturers are going to jump on the bandwagon and, and take advantage of it. But it's, that's going to be a good thing for, for, for the bottom end of the market. My view is that kit planes are becoming a bit too expensive for the man in the street. 
and it's nice to have something at the bottom end which people can afford and can go flying. Well, I think uh, you're very much going to be doing more regulating. I think and getting bigger and bigger the way things yeah. are going. Yeah, well, yes, that's, that's without doubt, yeah. Not necessarily by choice, but, but because it's important that we do keep people flying. And it's great to be here again, and thanks ever so much. And uh, well, and, and, and what, are you, what are you going to say to the new CEO? Do you have any advice as you, this is your last, your final <laughs> fling, your last few moments? Uh, I think just be pragmatic and sensible. Yeah, and get to know everybody and not try and, not try and change things too quickly. The great thing about the rally is there's loads to see and even a few things to have a go on. Extremely popular was the British Microlite Aircraft Association's flight simulator. So Mark caught up with the BMAA's Bill Trainer Keen. What we're trying to do here is basically show people how you can fly a Microlite. Um, we're getting a lot of interest from the younger generation. And what we're doing is flying circuits. So it gives them the experience of take off the boring cruise bit. <laughs> and the somewhat exciting landing bits. And it seems to be working. We are having a lot of interest. And funnily enough, the best landing today has been done by an eight-year-old. Brilliant. Absolutely. Flexwing pilots are not very good, but eight-year-olds are marvellous. They don't know what they're doing wrong, do they? They just no, fly they, they, naturally. They absolutely fly naturally. They're, they're not sort of stiffening up on the controls. They're just getting on with flying and, funnily enough, paying attention to the instructor. <laughs> well, that's what you want to hear, because we should describe what you've got here. You've got a, a, a microlite. What uh, we have here is a microlite trike, uh, but instead of having a motor, we've got a computer. We've got a wing, and the inputs are servo-controlled from the wing to through the computer onto three screens. Total modification by a, a guy called Terry Viner, who's ace with computers, although he doesn't look it. Um, and, and he designed the system and trialled the system, and it, it works very, very well. So you've got the control bar, which obviously connected to the wings, as yes. you can imagine a traditional microlite has got, and you're moving this around, and it's actually looking exactly. reflecting it on the, on the three screens on the simulator. It's brilliant, actually. The only thing you're not getting is the false feedback on the, on, on the bar. But or flies other, in your face. Or flies in your, or flies in your teeth if you're <laughs> enjoying it. This is as good as microlighting gets in a hut. <laughs> Now, someone here is being very adventurous and is flying upside down. Is that possible? No. <laughs> um, if, if you tried that in reality, you'd die. Right, OK. okay. So tell the eight-year-olds not to try and fly upside no, down. No, no, the, the, we don't have a problem with the eight-year-olds. It's the 60-year-olds who are an absolute <laughs> nuisance. They are the ones that give you the problems. The, um, the, the eight-year-olds just listen and get on with it and get an introduction into aviation. The eight-year-olds just try and eighty-year-olds just try and prove how clever they are. This is just a brilliant way of demonstrating it is. your sport, isn't it? It is, and it's getting. As I said, we're probably attracting more than most, and it's really good that we're getting the kids on because that that brings them into aviation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's speak to a kid who's had a go on this. Thomas is here. Thomas, you're ten, I understand. Yep. Have you ever flown a plane before? Um, well, I've been in a microlight. You've been in a microlight, okay. And how did this compare to the real thing? Uh, it was completely different. And Com it was really fun, though. It is great fun. Yeah. And I saw you uh, make a landing a moment ago, and you did a fantastic job. Yeah, it's really fun. You're quite natural at this. Do you want to be a pilot yeah. when you grow up? Uh, yeah. This is a good start to it, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Without any fear or any great expense for your dad to have to pay it as either. Yeah. And in fact, your father is here, uh, Justin. It uh, must be great to be able to see your, your ten-year-old uh, on the simulator doing a really good job of landing. He did a very good job and uh, you know, just trying to get him interested in, uh, into aviation. 
it's good the BMAA are doing that kind of thing just to engage people um, and it, it looks really impressive as well really impressive and do you fly yourself uh, I do yes uh, started training in an Icarus C42 in June done about 15 hours now and uh, looking forward to going solo hopefully fairly soon how soon do you reckon maybe another five Ten? <laughs> no, I don't know yet. It's been probably, a little while yet. Probably before the next flaps comes out. Uh, that's quite possible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Our reputation precedes us, obviously. It, it does, it does. <laughs> well, lovely to meet you, and Thank I'm glad, you. glad that uh, Thomas is enjoying it, and uh, enjoy your flying. Thank you very much. Thank you. Flaps. In the air. Everywhere. Also showing off their wares at the rally were Sprite Aviation and their incredibly cheap and simple ultralight glider kit. Always good with his spanners, Elliot went to have a look and spoke to Graham Smith. This is a Zigolo. Uh, a Zigolo is, uh, they call it the Italian goat. A goat is an ultralight glider, which is a, designed by a chap called Mike Sandling. It's been around for a, a good number of years. We've got a very good safety record. It's a very, very good ultralight glider. And uh, a very talented Italian designer called uh, Francesco Di Martini has motorised it. And, uh, and, and so we have the Zigolo. So a Zigolo is an, an Italian motorised goat. So we're stood in front of it at the moment. And it's, this, this isn't finished, presumably. Of course it isn't, because it hasn't got the, the wings on it. This is just the frame, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this represents eight days' work. We got this eight days. Honestly? Kit, eight days before the show. And so we put it together as much as we could do in eight days. If To build from start to finish, it would take you about three weeks. So what you're looking at is just over a third of the, probably, of the total build. So is that three weeks constant work or three weeks on and off? Yeah, three weeks constant work. I mean, m most people don't build planes like that. But uh, it, just to, to demonstrate that this isn't a lifetime's work, you're not going to have to uh, give up uh, all your hobbies and in your marriage and everything else to build <laughs> this. You can build this realistically in spare time in a very short period, certainly within a single season, and be flying it and the really nice thing about this is it is an aeroplane but it, it, it's a hobby on its own it's a motor glider you can switch the engine off you can soar it you can ridge you can fly off a ridge um, it also has a fantastic facility that I've never seen before the engine comes off very quickly the seat moves back and it becomes a pure glider so that you can then winch it up or tow it up with a car or, or fly it off a slope and you've got a, a pure glider it looks like great fun to fly. We're watching a video of it then, uh, and it, it looks like great fun. I mean, you are sort of quite exposed, but really pure flying. Well, I think that's the whole point. I mean, you know, you're going to get all the sensations of flying. You're really going to know you're flying. It's not going to be like flying in an airliner. In fact, it's the opposite experience. You're going to get all the sensations, all the smells, all the diff changes in temperature. You're going to feel the wind. You're going to know you're in the air. And uh, I would imagine that, the first time you fly it, you're going to want to go and have a beer afterwards. <laughs> and, and how skilled do you have to be to build it, honestly? Uh, uh, honestly, uh, they're very, they're, it's, there's no fabricating. It's all prefabricated. It, all the parts are made. It's Meccano. You know, if you can do Meccano, you can do this. What you do need to do, because it's deregulated, there's no inspections, there's no mandatory checks on it, but you do need somebody to check it over at the end and make sure that you've put all the bolts in the right place. And you've got a very safe machine. You What's can... the engine? The engine's only tiny, isn't it? Okay, this is a, a Viterazzi uh, Moster. It's a paramotor engine, but it's the Rolls-Royce of paramotor engines. It's 185cc, 
25 horsepower. You can air start it, so you can switch it off in the air, saw it, and if the ground, things are getting a little bit too big and you think it's time, <laughs> you can restart Pick it, it and off you go again. Um, it won't burn much fuel, it's going to burn six litres an hour if you, in the cruise, but really this isn't about cruising. This is about getting in the air, enjoying yourself, trying to do a bit of thermaling, using nature's energy to stay up rather than using petrol, having a bit of fun, not costing you a fortune and being safe. And I guess you can take, take off and land in what, probably someone's back garden almost? Uh, 50 metres, yeah. You've got a ballistic parachute as well. So if you do manage to run into something, if you're in a thermal and you've got other paraglide, you've got paragliders or, or you've got uh, hang gliders or you hit something, you've got you've got a, a, an emergency chute which will bring you down safely. So you've got that aspect of it as well. And I think really a lot of people now are looking at flying and thinking it's all got a little bit too expensive and a little bit too complicated. And this is the antidote to that. So you've got something cheap, you've got something which is enormous fun, you've got something which is gonna give you a massively good, strong sensation of flying and it's not gonna break the bank. And how much? I noticed starter kits for 150 quid. What do I get in my starter yeah, quit? You get a kit. rudder. Well, you can see we've got on display here a rudder, a rudder starter kit, which has got all the parts in it to build the rudder. We were saying it's not like one of these magazines you get week by week and it builds no, into an aeroplane no. at the end of it. No, this is a, in one go and you build your rudder. If you go ahead and buy the kit afterwards, you get your 140 quid back. So, so how much is the whole plane then? Okay, to, to build the whole plane, it's about £8,000, including the ballistic chute, plus VAT. So if you allow 10 grand, that'll cover your VAT and, and, you've, got, and you've got a flying aeroplane. We'll have a quick whip round. We'll be back in about half an yeah. hour. Oh, well, that would be nice. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be ready for you. It looks like loads of fun. Thanks for talking yeah, to us. You're welcome. Flabs. Uh, okay, I'm with Paul now, and uh, tell, tell me what you're doing here, Paul. What, what, what wares are you selling? <laughs> we're, uh, we're selling and demonstrating uh, Orotex aircraft covering. It's a no-paint system for GA aircraft and microlights. It's, it's quite amazing, actually. I was just watching the demonstration. Tell us about it. What happens? Orotex is a, is a, a fabric covering system for, for rag and tube aircraft. Conventional rag and tube aircraft have to have a, 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 some form of covering on and then they have to have numerous coats of paint and sealer and UV protection, etc, etc. And then you've got to put your final colour on. Oratex is, uh, it comes as a pre-finished material, so you've got no painting, no chemical application what to do on the fabric at all. You simply apply the glue to the airframe apply the glue to the matching uh, area on the fabric, uh, allow it to dry, and then bring it in, into contact and then iron it in place. The beauty is it's completely repairable and it's also very, very tough in use. Which you're going to demonstrate now for us. I wish I'll demonstrate now. We've got a piece in, in front of us, haven't we? A part, a part of a, a covering on a, I suppose it could be a wing, couldn't it? Yeah, a wing or, or a door or an elevator or what have you. And I wouldn't want to have an argument with you. That's, that's a hell of a punch you've got there. So there's a big dent, for the benefit of people at home, a big dent in, in what would be the wing, I suppose. Now, So what, yep. what are we doing? How do we repair that? So we simply use a hot air gun, turn it on. We've got a, a, an elevated temperature on there in line with the material's uh, capabilities. And we simply run the hot air gun over the top. And uh, a bit like magic, out comes the damage. That's completely gone. Completely gone. You're the Paul Daniels of the aviation world. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> if only it'd work on human skin as well, huh? we'd yeah. make a fortune. Get rid of all the wrinkles, I could <laughs> exactly. do with some of that. Listen, it's great to meet you, it's an amazing product. Thank you for talking to us. Thanks very much indeed. It's Mason's Minute.
Somebody asked me recently, did I ever get bored with flying? Well, I suppose especially as I'd done about 50-odd years of it professionally, uh, it was a reasonable question to ask. But I think almost jumped down this guy's throat because the simple fact of life is that um, so many of the things that I was privileged to do in the world of professional aviation were as crisp and exciting the last time I did them as the first time I did them. I mean, leading a formation of four tornado fighters on a scramble takeoff from an airfield in West Germany to simulate an attack on a Russian target is pretty exciting planning. And it's very exciting execution. When you think you're winding these engines up to full power before you release the brakes, um, a sort of nonchalant look around the formation as every aircraft is just raring to get airborne and a tap of the head and a nod of the bone dome and then off you go into the sky using, you know, as much fuel in a minute as the average car is going to use in its lifetime. These four tornadoes wrestling into the sky. Uh, same sort of power as one and a half to two Concords and a noise that just splits the ears uh, if you're within quarter of a mile of it. And there you are at the front thinking, wow, blimey, goodness, and expletives that um, wouldn't get onto the airwaves anyway. But you just go and the wheels come into the well and you settle down at a couple of hundred feet and five or six hundred knots heading eastbound, um, playing the game. And, yeah, as exciting the last time as the first, you betcha. Thanks, Pablo. That's probably about a minute. That's never a minute. Our newest feature is the Flaps Fly-In, where we visit an airfield. This is kindly brought to you with our friends at Take Flight Aviation Wellsbourne. So far, we've flown in once and we've driven in once. But as we flew into the LAA rally, we thought we'd kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, you nearly killed three pilots with one aircraft with your landing. Yes, yes. Anyway, I spoke to Michael Bletso-Brown, the MD of Cywell Aerodrome, and found out more about the airfield and its history. Well, it was grandfather's farm, basically, and I suppose you could say this is an example of a mature farm diversification project. It started as an airfield back in 1927, uh, and that was the Cywell Aero Club, and they all had a wonderful time drinking beer and flying their planes, but the problem was nobody paid the bar bills and nobody paid for the fuel bills, so the original club actually went bust. And grandfather said, this is no good, we can't carry on like this. So they formed a company called Cywell Aerodrome Limited. And uh, grandfather and the Shaw family got together and they started all over again and put it on a proper financial basis. And uh, off it went from there, really. You've done really well. You've won awards recently, left, right and centre, haven't you? Yes, we've um, we won the best GA airfield in the UK award for 2009, 11, 12 and 13. So showing off really, good. aren't you? Pretty good. What do they like so much about the airfield, the judges? One, the facilities, obviously, but also whether it's a, uh, a user friendly uh, airfield for pilots, because it is AOPA in the main that actually select the airfield. And of course, it is based on, on pilots comments from when they've flown in, etc. So obviously it's, uh, it's also an award for the staff and, and uh, you know, the way that they make people welcome. 
what other services do you have here? I mean, we've been over to the hotel, obviously. There's uh, banners up advertising weddings. So a lot goes on here. Yeah, Hangar One, I'm told, is, uh, is about the fourth largest conference center in the country. Um, we can take up to 750 people for a conference, um, which is pretty big. And also we do car launches, uh, weddings, charity functions, also all manner of all manner of things. Like all good airfields, you celebrate history, not just your history, but of aviation generally. You've got a museum here, haven't you? Yeah, the the museum has actually won another award. Yeah, you're showing off. <laughs> um, it was voted the best history museum in the in the county just a few weeks ago. There's um, a very strong bunch of enthusiastic guys that look after it and put it together and, and they do a very good job. It, it's always changing, it's, it's never the same the next time you go and I guess that's why you know they have been so successful. One thing I noticed on, on booking to come here today to the, to the rally, looking at your website, I clicked on the, on the events page, which took about 10 minutes to download. You've got so much going on here, it's unbelievable. I mean, you have things like the Icarus Cup, which knows taken place this year. You have the UK Classics flying, the rally today. There's all those things and, and much, much more. Yeah, we've got a new one next year, which is the Atomic Festival. And that's a 1940s, 50s, 60s festival. Uh, which we're very excited about and that's brand new in May. Pistons and Props this September, that's another new one. Um, that's combining cars with aircraft and, you know, a few beers and having a look at a few cars. You've got to have the beers, haven't you, really? Oh, absolutely. It's all part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, you've got a lovely uh, 1,000 metre hard surface runway there that's not very old. I used it today to, uh, to great effect. I was, I was very glad it was there, actually. Uh, has it made a big difference having, having a tarmac runway? Well, last year, I would say aviation at Cywell would have been dead without it. We had such a wet season, uh, 44 inches of rain when we normally have 22, 23, we just wouldn't have been able to operate. It, it absolutely saved the day. And of course, it now allows the corporate aircraft to use the airfield as well, access business in Northamptonshire, which is obviously business, good for local commerce. Absolutely. And the one question we always ask in these fly-ins is, uh, what's the cafe like? The hotel or the pilot's mess? Oh, you show, you you're, st you're still showing off. <laughs> They're equally as good. Uh, but probably one has a different style to the other. I could recommend both, but I couldn't single one out. Okay, fair enough. Well, I had a burger here a couple of years ago. In fact, I had one of your uh, barbecue burgers here earlier on, which was delicious, actually. An interesting shape. They're a bit mountain-shaped, your burgers today, but uh, very, very tasty indeed. Um, Michael, it's been great meeting you. Thank you for, for being so welcoming here today. And it's, it's a brilliant event. This, this rally is always, is always great here at Cywell. And you have got plenty to boast about. Well, thank you very much. Michael Bletso-Brown there, boasting about all the awards he's won. Going on about awards just isn't classy. No, you'd never hear behaviour like that here on the Sony Radio Award. 2011. New York Radio Awards. 2011 and 2012. And RPA Radio Awards. 2012. Winning Flaps Podcast. Top Gear for Pilots. It's just not classy, leave it. Cywell, what a great place to go to. We went there thanks to Take Flight Aviation of Wellsbourne. If you want to find out more, you can check out their website. It's at takeflightaviation.co.uk. They'll probably win an award soon. Remaining clear of Ofcom-controlled airspace, it's the Flaps Podcast.
Always present at the LAA rally are NATS, the leading provider of air traffic control services in the UK. This year, they teamed up with Skydemon to provide a free pre-flight planning service for the hundreds of departing pilots. First off, Elliot spoke to Jonathan Smith from NATS, who explains more. Well, we've been along to several LAA rallies for the past couple of years, um, about the past three or four years, and we've generally come along as part of the ASI, the um, Airspace Safety Initiative, in conjunction with the CA. But this year we thought we'd do something a little bit different. Um, A couple of years ago the weather turned a bit duff on a Sunday and we had literally crowds of people standing around us looking for weather information or some information about NOTAMs or just making up their mind whether they were going to get home. So that sort of sparked an idea that as the air traffic service provider in the UK we could come along and provide some sort of briefing service for people people to do a bit of last-minute checking of NOTAMs, weather, whatever they needed, in order for them to make a decision about how to get home safely. So we're, we're still in a tent at the moment, just so you know where we are. We're in a tent and there's a, a bank of PCs and people all busy planning their route home. Yeah, um, it's been quite popular. It becomes more popular in the afternoon when people are thinking about going home. Luckily, or maybe ironically, the first year we decide to do it, we have a wonderful um, <laughs> bit of weather. Nonetheless, maybe you should do this every year, so maybe, it's nice. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, switch it on. Um, <laughs> Uh, The one thing we are very keen on is uh, checking NOTAMs or just having a look at graphically how you intend to go home, that route around the corner of the Luton or the Stansted Zone, or indeed planning to go through the Luton and the Stansted Zone. But we've got quite a lot of evidence from being on the receiving end of airspace infringements that that little bit of graphical interaction, that little bit of pre-flight planning, really does help you in the safe execution of your flight um, on a nice even, on a nice sunny afternoon. Do you find, I mean you're saying about the weather it's a lovely day at the moment do you find that the problem is when it's like this people they'll they'll fly in they think well i've only been here two three four hours it'll be fine i'll just go well people don't engage choose not to engage in that process of just having a look at the map or just reassuring themselves about how they're really quite confident um or lulled into a false sense of security about how they're going to go home and where they're going to go home so you Yeah, you think that the airspace near Milton Keynes was five and a half thousand feet, but you haven't actually looked to check. And that's often on a day like today, which um, the, the thing that catches people out. And I suppose there's no excuse for it now, really, with, with all the things available, like Skydemon, which you're using here. It's, it's, it's very simple, isn't it, and, and quick and easy? I think, I think the, the graphical depiction of airspace and NOTAM information is really changing the world. I mean, lots of people have told NATS and the other alphabet organisations for years that that's what they needed. Um, turning textual information that was always available, it's sometimes quite clunky and difficult to get hold of, but was always available, but turning that textual information into graphical depiction has really changed the world. And as you say, you can use the free version of Skydemon, which um, Nats has endorsed Skydemon Lite for free. There is really no excuse for being able to get hold of that sort of information and pre-planning your flight. Are you finding things are getting better, re-infringements, since people have been using this sort of software? It's still slightly early days to be really comparing year for year, and particularly comparing last year with this year is quite difficult because we had the Olympics last year, which probably, well, almost inevitably, put a, an artificial restriction on the number of infringements we saw during the summer. And of course, generally, we've had a wonderful summer, so infringement numbers are quite high. Um, what we are seeing is we ask... Um, some quite detailed questionnaires, follow-up surveys of infringing pilots that Nats experience. And what is very noticeable is that one of the specific questions in that 
questionnaire is about whether you had any airspace warning functionality in the cockpit, whether you deployed something like Skydemon, and the answer is always no. Um, out of about 600 odd questionnaires we've only got five examples of, of where people have had that functionality and often it hasn't worked or it hasn't supported them because the battery's gone flat. And so there, we've got a fair bank of evidence that deploying that little bit of functionality in the cockpit reduces the workload, gives the situational awareness and actually helps the safe execution of a, a VFR flight. And I suppose it makes it makes the flying actually more fun as well, doesn't it? Because you don't have to spend ages and ages poring over maps, lots of different websites. You can fairly quickly and safely get in the air. Well, that's the other thing. Personally, I'm quite passionate about. I'm a GA flyer myself, and in these stringent times when nobody's got two pennies to rub together actually making the flying that you do count I think is quite important and the idea we've had lots of people have come in and said I've undertaken my first trip down to the south coast or into the shark infested custard that is the southeast of England you know it's it, they've gone and done that because of things tools like sky demon or graphical depiction moving map displays which has increased their confidence and has increased their ability to have fun and successfully execute the flight and that's what it's all about for me stretching that those people that little bit more because they're probably safer and pose less risk to our operation once they've got the experience and i suppose also once you're in the air as well instead of worrying about where you are you, you your eyes are out of the cockpit a bit more looking at, uh, at the sky and just being aware I, th I think the clever thing about um, some of these pieces of software is that you're not heads down looking at them all the time. The way that they generate and pr produce the situational awareness or generate you an alert when you actually need it is, um, is clever and that you don't need to be heads down all the time. It is literally an aid to the reassurance about the successful execution of the flight. Sky Demon fan and Flap's new boy Mike Roberts then caught up with Rob Hart one of the brains behind Sky Demon, and could almost not contain his excitement. Uh, Elliot's just been talking to Jonathan at Nats about the importance of flight planning. So I've come across to see Rob at Sky Demon, and I must admit, if I was a groupie and you were a rock band, <laughs> we'd be together. <laughs> Sky Demon is a great product, and obviously Nats love it. Tell us why you're here. Um, well, we're here to just continue on the work that we've been doing in the UK, um, you know, spreading the words about how we can make flight plan filing and you know briefing and in, well in fact anything to do with getting up there and getting good quality information um, we're spreading the words uh, around the grassroots aviation market yeah i think the nice thing about sky demon is it just brings all those elements together in one easy package and you listen to what people are saying to you aren't you yeah well that's that's the crucial thing i mean you uh, the, Tim, who wrote the software, he's uh, he's a really smart guy. He knows about simple user interfaces, but he's also crowdsourced his development. It's kind of cheating, really, because it means that we have to do less ideas work ourselves. Our work is refining those ideas. Um, but yeah, uh, guys on the online forums and when we see them at shows are constantly coming out with... Um, new things that we can do. I've had some couple of ideas given to me today that we'll take back to the office and chuck in the melting pot. Yeah, yeah. and it's not just a UK product. I've just been on a flight to Venice. Mm. I wouldn't have dreamed of doing that flight if I had to do all that flight planning myself. Yeah. But thanks to Skydemon, it made it so easy. Are you finding people are being more adventurous because of Skydemon? Oh, oh yeah, and, and actually that makes me tremendously proud. You know, when you get a guy who's used to planning just on paper and then he gets Skydemon and he goes, oh wow, I feel like I can feel like I can spread my wings a little bit more, you know. Uh, guys who would go over to Latuke when normally they'd be afraid of crossing the channel. Well, you know, it, we, what we really want to do is 
is broaden people's horizons, broaden pilots' horizons out to the point where they can feel more comfortable in the air. Airspace can get so complicated sometimes, but when you can display it nice and clearly, then yeah, brilliant. It makes me feel terribly proud. So what's next for Skydeam? I hear rumours of a traffic system coming online. Yeah, technically the uh, the Powerflam uh, receiver integration is already in there. Uh, we've already started shipping that. We're looking at other potential partners there as well. Um, but there's a big conversation about TCAS over the course of this year. Um, and my ultimate goal, my, my dream really, is the day when, you know, over the, over the RT, there's the message, traffic, traffic, left to right, 200 feet above you, whatever, and the bloke replies back saying, it's all right, mate, I've already seen him, I've got Sky Demon. Yeah, fantastic, not TCAS, Sky Demon. Yeah, well, indeed, yes, <laughs> quite so. <laughs> Somebody who hasn't seen Sky Demon or doesn't know about Sky Demon, what's mm. the starting point for them? They can get a free trial, can't they? Yep, 30-day free trial, uh, it's dead easy. Uh, visit our website, www.skydemon.aero. Up at the top, you've got Get Started, and uh, pop in your email address, we'll send you a free password, which will then work for 30 days on any of our platforms. Flaps Podcast. So that's it for another year at the LAA Rally from Cywell. Uh, we are back in our lovely plane, ready to take off, because actually for once we've flown in. Captain Mark, you flew You flew quite a good approach. It was a little bit hairy. You only had to go around, what, three times? No, just the one. Just the once, you cheeky so-and-so. Uh, yes, it's been a lovely day here today at Cywell. Thank you to everybody for making us feel so welcome. It's been great to be back this year. That's it for this month. We're back next month. In the meantime, you can find out more from us at flapspodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We're ready for departure. See you next month. Thanks for listening to Flaps.